it is my privilege to bring to this pulpit my friend, our administrative pastor here at High Point Church, Pastor Greg Sharp. I love you, brother. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. It is great to be in God's house, and I don't know if you feel it, but doesn't it feel a little different here today? Now, we've got to take care of a little business. We overlooked something last Sunday that is shame on us, and it was almost mentioned today, but no attention brought to it. Last Sunday was a milestone for High Point Church. Last Sunday was the fifth year anniversary to the day of Pastor David and his wife, Ruthie, being pastor of High Point Church. And we, we have now an IOU because we, this needs to be celebrated because we appreciate so much everything that you do for us. And Ruthie, you're just uh, kind of the unsung hero, and uh, we appreciate all that you do. This is much time, investment, dedication, and on and on and on it goes, and we would not be where we are without them, and God has given them to us to lead us, and we appreciate truly so much that they have done. Five years, that's a, that's a big bar, and uh, thank you so much for your service, and, and we just appreciate it. Let's give them a, a hand. The more that we can get in a mode of honoring our leaders, our ministry, our pastors, the better that we will position ourselves for God to work in our life. I believe that as we bless them, he will bless us. And, and we've never seen God fail in that regard. Amen. Uh, I feel like we've been at lunch. We've eaten. We had a great time of worship this morning. And now you know how it is after you're just hanging out together at the table and it's like, oh, I got to get back to work. I feel like we have some work to do today because I really believe that God is going to do something great. He already has. But I just feel good being with you today. I mean, it's just there, there's something special here. There is a unity that is here. And uh, I will tell you that song that, that Sister Rhonda sang that she wrote was just phenomenal. And everything that has been done has been so on point to what I believe God is doing. And uh, we're excited to be a part of it. I'm going to try and launch this. Guys in the back, do you have it? Thumbs up, yes? Okay, I, I think that's a thumbs up. Or a nod. <laughs> if you could only see them back there. <laughs> uh, head and shoulders, knees and toes. Yeah, we could do <laughs> that way we know we're together. So um, I feel humbled to be here at this moment. What God has laid on my heart has really just been delivered already. The songs have tied in. I told Rhonda this morning, I've got goosebumps because you're telling me this story and, and it's like God has prepared us. I think everyone that is supposed to be here 
to hear this, to be a part of this, is here. I think God has put us here right now so that we could really move forward in him. And, and so it's going to be a special time together. I believe that with all of my heart. And, and so in thinking about it, this is a very different title. And the title really only is what it is, so it will stick out and, and really become a part of our, our uh, thought process and our worldview as we think about God. And the tagline underneath it, though, is what is so important. It's amazing. I mean, how much have we sang today and worshiped about it all being about him that everything revolves around him. And, and so it is humbling for us to be in this moment because all of us have sang this today, and this is exactly the heartbeat of what I feel for us. No matter what stage of walk we're in, no matter how close to God we feel like we are or how far away we may feel this morning, we can all align and unify around this one thing, that everything in this world revolves around Jesus Christ, without question. And I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to put on my science hat a little bit and bring some astronomy to you today, some facts and figures that will make us go, wow. And then we're going to bring it back to the concept and the illustration that God gives us every day, whether we recognize it or not, that he is in charge, that everything truly revolves around him. Amen? So as you see, this is called the Cosmic Circle Dance, and I didn't come up with that title by myself. There's a researcher and a great individual that is so prevalent in kind of the circles of studying uh, and, and everything from archaeology and how it proves the Word of God to prophecy and how it's fulfilling every day and proving the Word of God and also in the cosmos that the stars and the, the universe proves the fact that there is a God. And his name is L.A. Marzulli. You may not know him, but as, as this message kind of came together, I have to acknowledge our dear friends that are here today. Uh, we have Judy and Jenna that are with us this morning, neighbors of ours, and uh, Jay's out there working hard on a fence line, so he wasn't be able to be, able to be with us this morning. But he, he'll, he'll miss it, but I'm sure you'll, you'll bring him up to speed. Uh, but L.A. Marzulli is the one who coined this phrase, the cosmic circle dance. And we're going to enjoy some, some observations this morning that is just really going to remind us and humble us of what God has provided, even though we don't recognize it. This guy, we, we know, we, we've seen him before, and uh, kind of a strange, odd-looking bird. But um, as Albert Einstein says about the universe, he has this kind of construct that he's throwing out here. Let's listen to what he says. A human being is a part of the whole, called by us, universe. He experiences himself, his thoughts, and his feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is kind of a prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Interesting perspective he comes from and is quite an atheistic perspective, I would say, rather than a God acknowledgement perspective. However, 
we can say that we do become guilty of this, that we get in our own little circle, we get within our own little space, and that becomes the world to us. When truly there is something so much greater around us that God has intended for us to recognize and we can miss it day after day. We don't really see how God is showing himself to us frequently. The fact is that you are not the center of the universe. Really, yes, really. I know this is astonishing, but it's very, very true. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. We find that Jesus Christ is the center of the universe, and everything we see revolves around him. (laughs) I, I mean, we do get so connected to ourselves in a very real way that everything revolves around us, that we are the center of the universe in our own world, in our own lifestyle. And, and so it's, it's true. I, I took a class in college, uh, sociology, and the professor gave us all a challenge. He said, I want you to take a piece of paper, clean sheet of paper, and I want you to draw a picture of the world, not a globe, but the map. So just as best you can, kind of lay out the continents and, and try to at least do what you can. And so we began kind of a really weird, strange request, but we started drawing this out. And there was probably, I guess, 25 to 30 of us in that class. And we all began to sketch this out. He gave us about five minutes to do it. And, and then he asked us to kind of share with the class our, our drawing. Do you know that almost all, maybe with, with exception of one or two, we all drew that picture, that beautiful landscape of all the continents that you see across the world. Guess where we were in this? Right in the middle of it. And we would put China or Asia over on this side, Africa, Europe, and we kind of would structure Australia and, and, and all of these different continents around us. And that was so revealing. That was like an aha moment for me that, yeah, I got caught up in that. Because my perspective is everything as it compares to where I am in the middle of everything. And it makes me think so many times in our life, we get off track because our attention, our focus is all about us. When really it ought not be. As Colossians writes, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, everybody say all things, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Jesus Christ is truly the middle, the center of everything that we know and that we should think. He re, we revolve completely around him. He does not revolve around you or me. I hate to break it to you, but he doesn't. We are called to revolve around him. Take it a little further, a couple of other statements that are made by philosophers and students of astronomy. Here's Galileo saying mathematics is the language in which God has written the universe. Talking about the vastness, and you try to wrap your head around universal topics. Here's uh, Marcus, uh, our, uh, how, how do you say it? Aurelius. I like that. That sounds so cool. 
The nature of the universe is the nature of things that are now, things that have kinship with things that are from the beginning. Further, this nature is styled truth, and it is the first cause of all that is true. Trying to wrap your head around universal topics. Here's Stephen Hawking. As he says, remember to look up at the stars, not down at your feet. Try to make sense of what you see and wonder about what makes the universe exist. Be curious. And however difficult life may seem, there's always something you can do and succeed at. It matters that you don't, you just don't give up. And that's true, but it's really true to a child of God. It's very important for us to not just look at the hand in front of our face or the problem that's immediately before us, but that we look and cast our gaze a little higher and look at the master creator. Look at the one who's given us all of the benefits that he has, all of the wonderful promises that he has, all of the great blessings that he has. This is the one who cares so much for us and that everything revolves around him. So as we think about this concept, David began to really get this. He says, praise you the Lord. Praise you the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in his heights. So he's really lifting up his gaze as to how great God really is. He says, praise ye him sun and moon. Praise him ye stars of light. Praise him ye heavens of heavens and ye waters that be beneath the heavens. Let them that praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. This is the God we serve. And David began to really grapple with those universal topics, big subjects, things that we know very little about. But that's our God. That's our God and how great he is. So what does God really reveal or creation really reveal about God? We know that first and foremost, what? God created. He created everything that exists. Science to this day tries to discount God's creation in his power. But it's true nonetheless. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. You look at the world, the globe. It is 7,900 miles in diameter. That's a big space. That's a lot. And the fact that God just spoke that, and it was, is amazing. But he didn't just stop there. He took the earth that he had created, and he tilted it just a bit, put it on an axis, began a rotation, and that rotation of the earth would move through the sky at a period of 24 hours. And we call it a day and a night cycle, right? That's a solar day for us. It moves at the speed of rotation, which is 1,040 miles per hour. We are moving through space right now in a circle. I don't know why it's 1040 and if that has anything to do with Uncle Sam and the IRS. It might. <laughs> but that's just where it is. Uh, so if you notice, this 23-degree axis is just precisely structured so that it revolves, or the world revolves, around the north magnetic pole known as the North Pole and connecting to the southernmost surface point in Antarctica. That is our 23-degrees axis, and that is the movement of the Earth around the axis. Everybody notice, you'll see a theme through this presentation Something revolves around something else. If the axis just slips slightly, 
It would generate up to 100 to 150 mile per hour winds, experts say. It would increase climate temperatures. It would melt the polar ice caps, resulting in severe flooding, annihilation of vegetation and crops, etc. Everything in the Earth's rotation revolves around the axis and the north magnetic pole. The moon, how many saw that huge moon the other night? The super garden blood moon. I mean, it was phenomenal. And it just brings our attention again to the greatness of God. The moon orbits around the earth. 238,857 miles is this orbit. And it takes it a period of 27.32 days. If you were to get in a commercial jet and travel, and I'm sure that Jim could tell us a lot more about this one. If you were to go at an average speed of 650 miles an hour, it would take 16 days to make it around this trip. 16 days. This moon orbit reminds us that everything revolves around the earth. The moon is subject to revolving around the earth. The moon doesn't do what it wants to do. It revolves around the earth. The earth doesn't do what it wants to do except it revolves around its axis. You look a little bit further, the earth has some responsibility in this as well because it's revolving around something greater than it is. 92 million miles away from what is called the sun. Can you, can you kind of figure that out in your head, 92 million miles? That is a long ways away. 92 million miles, the orbit time that it takes to go around the sun is what we call a year, right? It's 365 days it takes for the sun, the earth to make it all the way around. So I don't know why today we're not dizzier than we are. I know some in here are kind of dizzy by nature, but we all ought to be really spinning right now because we're moving at this kind of pace. We're going spinning in a circle. I get sick on the teacups at the amusement park. I mean, this is really intense. The orbit speed, it's moving. The earth is moving at 60,000, 67,000 plus miles per hour through space. It's reaching a distance of circumference in its orbit of 585 million miles. Goes back to this point. Everything in earth's orbit revolves around the sun. Are we learning something about God's nature? The sun has more things revolving around it than just Earth. As you might be surprised, it's not just all about us. The radius is, of the sun is 432,000 miles. Do you remember what the radius of the Earth was? 7,900, right? 7,900. So now the radius of the sun is just a little larger. The temperature, and Rick can tell you more about this kind of temperature, 5,778 Kelvin, which is equal to 10,000, approximately 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's how hot the sun is. And you probably don't have anything to put that heat out, right? Yeah, so, so this is pretty significant. Here's the earth. The earth is revolving around it. We know it's 92 million miles away from the sun. We're placed at just the right point that the sun doesn't burn us up, but just close enough that we don't freeze. Isn't that amazing? And it's because God has intended us to revolve as a, as a human race around something much greater than we are. Yet we have the arrogance to think everything revolves around us. How do we come out with this concept? 
that I'm entitled and it revolves around me. I just, when you begin to look and really pause and think about the greatness of God, it, it humbles us quite a bit. Mercury is the closest to the sun. It's 34 million miles away. That's just around the corner, right? And then you see Venus at 67 miles, million miles away. You see the Earth is the third rock from the sun, which is 93 million miles with one moon. Then Mars is next, known as the fourth rock, 141 million miles. Jupiter has nine moons. It's at 483 million miles. Not much further away is Saturn, which is 890 million miles from the sun. Uranus is 1.8 billion miles away, Neptune 2.8 billion miles away, and then there's Pluto, poor little Pluto, he's so far away, 3.6 billion miles away. Guess what? All of it is subject to the laws of God who put it in its place, spun it perfectly, created it just precisely so that it never changes, never deviates, moves perfectly all of the time. It all revolves around the sun, again teaching us that something is always subject to what is greater than it is to revolve around. It's a lesson for us in the cosmos that we began to get because now the sun is just one solar system that's in this great galaxy called the Milky Way. The Milky Way galaxy is where we are, and no, it's not a candy bar, but it is something that's very real because we exist in this galaxy. It has 300 plus billion stars in it. 300 plus billion, billion plus suns. It's phenomenal when you think about the handiwork of God. What it, where is our solar system in this array? Do you have any idea at all? I'll help you. It's right there. There we are. And yet we get this kind of thought that everything revolves around us. Yeah, it, it pretty much uh, is an indictment on that attitude for any of us that might have come in here with it. Um, I sure have been humbled. Studying this and the greatness, the vastness of God, it truly does. Our solar system is even subject to the laws of God as it revolves around throughout this Milky Way ring not around something that, that is not nameable, but it actually revolves, our Milky Way galaxy revolves around the Sagittarius star. We could go into details. It does tell us that this galaxy from end to end is just a mere 120,000 light years apart. What is, oh, that's, that sounds like a lot, but light years? I don't quite grasp that. Well, in, in case you don't. I have some numbers on that. What is a light year? It's a measure of distance, not time. Well, it says year, but it should be time. No, it's not. It's distance. The total distance of a beam of light to travel in one year. Any ideas? Five trillion? <laughs> You're actually pretty close. I think Mike, let's give Mike a hand. That's 12 star or zeros behind it. That's a lot. And uh, so this is how far light can travel in one year. Light travels at the speed of 186,000 miles per second. That is quick. And here we see the galaxy that God has placed us in so precisely and loves us so much. That galaxy spans 120,000 of these 6 trillion mile light years. You just can't wrap your head around this. 
It can't be done. But this is just beginning with God. I mean, his infinite ability and creative power exceeds our even remote comprehension. But it reminds us of this one thing again. We come back to it over and over and over, that everything that God has created revolves not on itself. Nothing revolves in, in and of itself, but it revolves around something greater than it is. It is, in this case, Sagittarius. So why do we call it the cosmic circle dance? The reason why is because all of creation proves God's plan and order for his creation with one absolute law, that everything revolves around something greater than itself. That is the bottom line, and it's almost as though it is a dance. Because if you look at any form of nature, nature when you go into the uh, to to uh, trees and photosynthesis and how that it all re- re- requires something from something else, and we like to think that we're self-sufficient, but we're really not because we're only as good as what is provided to us to sustain ourselves. So this is what the cosmic circle dance really does illustrate for us that this dance is showing again and again, it's answering a question, what does creation teach about the nature of God? It's actually answered through these two questions. What maintains natural order and balance? And now we're going to shift into something else quickly. And then what maintains rotational order? So after God spins it into place, he puts the Mars here and Jupiter here and Saturn here and the disk around it and all that exists and it rotates perfectly within a, a solar system, a Milky Way that's surrounding, going around something else. It all is revolving around something else. But what keeps it there? Why doesn't it just whoosh? There's got to be something that God has ordered that keeps it in place. This solar system, for example, keeps these lines symmetrical. And it's never stopped since the day of creation to this day. This is it. Gravity. Gravity is the one element, the one law, that keeps everything rotating and revolving properly. One word, and it's gravity. The smaller revolves around the larger is the principle, and it's facilitated through gravity. Fundamental physics postulates gravity as the fundamental physical law governing matter, space, and time. Everything must revolve around something. According to NASA's spaceplace.com, gravity is what makes pieces of matter clump together into planets, moons, and stars. Gravity is what makes the planets orbit the stars. Like Earth's orbit, our star, the sun, gravity is what makes the stars clump together in huge, swirling galaxies. Everything happens because of gravity. Scientist Albert Einstein, which we quoted him earlier, who lived in the 20th century, had a new idea about gravity. He thought that gravity is what happens when space itself is curved or warped around a mass, such as a star or planet. Thus, a star or planet would cause a kind of dip in space so that any other object that came too near would tend to fall into the dip. This is another concept we begin learning about the nature of God and the intention that we should be gravitating towards something that he has designed for us to gravitate to and not something else that would pull us away from his proper rotation. That's a personal lesson 
that you'll see in a moment. Everything revolves around something else. The sun is constantly commanding the earth to revolve around it. What? Through its gravitational force. The earth then causes the moon to rotate around it. Why? Because of its gravitational force and so on. Romans 8.28 speaks of this. And we know that all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his, his gravity. Why don't things work out in my life as they should? I'm so confused. Well, why am I not submitted to his gravity? Why am I not anchored on something that is of him? Why do I feel that things rotate around me? This is where my orbit begins to get off track. It's very fundamental, but something we walk away from all the time. Because we don't like to submit to a higher power, really. You look further at what Romans 11.36 says, For of him and through him and to him all things are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. This is the end of the matter. That all gravity, all rotation, everything in our life should revolve around him who has made all things, who is in all things, and through all things, everything in our world should revolve around Jesus Christ. And when we deviate from that plan and that design, we find ourselves in a very dangerous place. And we cannot survive the unruly, unwieldy elements of this galaxy, of this universe of life that we live in unless we're anchored to something greater than us. This is God's plan for us. See, the cosmic circle dance brings about it some observations. Creation maintains integrity and harmony as long as the orbital path is correct. Would you agree with that? Yeah. A correct orbital path requires appropriate degrees of centrifugal force and velocity to keep it in its proper rotation. Yeah, we agree with that. Appropriate degrees of centrifugal force that's easy to say slowly, centrifugal force and velocity are determined through perfect proximity to the greater power source. Destructive and cataclysmic results occur when the solar planet, the body of gas, or a rock escapes predefined boundaries, i.e. rogue planets, comets, asteroids, and meteorites. So this cosmic circle dance and the application of it, and now we begin to kind of wind down where it really touches us. This gravity... This gravity I'm talking of today is a spiritual recognition of what is anchoring you. What are you anchored to? What are you tethered to? What are the things most important to you? Because whatever that is, that's where your orbit will be. If it's to the things of this world, then it will be rotating around the things of the world. If it's the things of God, then all you do in your life existence will rotate and evolve and revolve around him. So gravity is actually the most important thing for us to answer today. The vortex effect says this, what or who is influencing you? Is it your career? Is it money? Is it things? Is it a position? Maybe it's fear that motivates you and causes you to orbit around it. Maybe it's acceptance. You need acceptance. So that's my measurement, and that's what I'm anchored to. Maybe it's habits. Could be addictions. It could be alliances that you've made with something other than revolving around the, the, the Lord and the Word of God. So, what are we truly aligned with and where is our gravity coming from? Who is it? 
Is it civil and political leaders? Will we listen to their words above listening to a godly man? Is it network news? Is it medical practitioners that will listen to their advice over what God has provided for us? Peers, friends, celebrities, athletes, the list goes on and on. Truly, the, an- the question is, what do you love? Because what you love is what your orbital path will revolve around. That's the bottom line here. And this whole day has been to allow us to see where our loyalties and our gravity is established upon. So 2 Timothy says, for men, talking about the last days. And this is what we have to answer. Are we self-sufficient? Are we self-centered? Really? Is this where our gravitational pull is? For men will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, inconcealable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, they're reckless, they're conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Would you say that this is the vortex that pulls us away from God? Yes, absolutely. But they're the things that the world loves. And if we find ourselves loving any of this, we need to change our trajectory. We need to change our position. We need to move it to a God-centered, not self-centered, but a God-centered gravity. Rhonda's song is so spot on about it being all about him and wondering why. I don't know about the shy little girl part, but wondering why. All these people that come in and out of church, they just leave and drift away. The answer is, they have not put their feet on Jesus Christ and truly made him the center of everything. They have not done that. This is all about where our gravity is, why it's so important. The vortex effect in a God-centered universe would be this. What is anchoring you or what are you anchored to? It should be God's word and law and values and principles spiritual need and hunger for God, God's will, godly conviction, godly wisdom, godly knowledge. This is what we should covet. This is what we should seek for. It's God in our life and revolving around him. We're talking about the who of it. It is God himself. I need more God. I must have more God. I need anointed ministry and leadership in my life. I need teachers that will teach me not what I want to hear, but what I need to hear so that I can stay grounded on the Word of God. I need God-fearing disciples of Jesus around me, and I need, yes, as Pastor talked earlier, I need the Holy Ghost. Make no question about it. We all need the Holy Ghost. God did not go to the extent in His design to pour out His Spirit on only some. That was never the intention. If we're called by God and we're centering our world existence around him, then we better get everything that he's provided for us. And it includes the Holy Ghost. But this is the challenge. This is the poll. And by the way, it's 11.53 right now. I got the poll. I think I got the floor like 20 after. There's just so much stuff going on. (laughs) We're almost there, though. Spiritual polarization. This is what happens when we feel this tug of war, right? Because we feel gravity pulling us one way, we feel another force pulling us another way. And it's, it's this constant battle that we're fighting. Paul just 
nails it. He says, for I delight in the law of God. Why does he delight in the law of God? Because that's the gravity where we need to be as Christians. That's where we need to be planted is on God's word. So he acknowledges it right up front. I am planting. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, right? It's another vortex over here that's trying to suck me in. And that's the the things of this world, the things of this life. He says, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. It's this constant pull. There are a lot of gravitational and centrifugal pulls that are happening in our spirit. And we need to recognize it when it does, because when we get too far out of orbit, we're in big trouble. And we can't stay there. We have to correct. That's why being in the house of God is so important, because the Spirit of God pulls us back, aligns us where we ought to be. Oh, wretched man that I am. What's he doing? He's saying, it doesn't revolve around me. I get that. The world does not revolve around me. But I need to submit to God and his word. He says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He recognizes God is the center of it all. Everything revolves around him. Everything I do from when I awake, from when I go to bed, all ought to revolve around him. And when I get out of that orbit, then the law of of sin begins to pull me, begins to pull me away. He says, and then with this mind I myself serve the Lord of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He makes it clear, the distinction. We need to be very careful where we're focusing. See, David did get it. David recognized it. He knew where his strength came from. He knew where his protection came from. He knew where his absolution came from, and it was being in the middle of God's will. And he recognizes it straight up. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Would you say amen to what we just saw? I mean, God's handiwork is pretty incredible, what he's put out in the the universe around us. And I believe it's just a billboard that God's constantly reminding us, I am in control, if we'll only see it. The law of the Lord is perfect, he says, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. David got it. He fully was dialed in to the great majestic power of God, that everything revolves around him. It's not revolving around me, but all that God does is goodness. All God does is pureness. All God does is righteous. It's understanding that we are anchored to something so much greater than us. Gravity works. Proper rotation works when something recognizes it revolves around something greater than it is. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Rick, this looks familiar, doesn't it? How does that happen? How do you open a service using the exact same scripture that I'm closing with? How does that happen? How does Rhonda 
stage, set the whole music lineup to talk about putting him in the center of it all. Church, we are being touched by the Spirit of God today. God is speaking to our hearts. He is reminding you, I know exactly where you are. I see the dilemmas many of you are in, and I'm just telling you, put your feet back on the rock today. Get grounded in me. Forget all of this other. Don't listen to the voices of this world, but only hear my voice and know that I am with you. I will keep you. I will reward you. I will bless you. That's what God is speaking to High Point now. Oh, come on. Let's give him a praise today. You're not alone today. God has chosen you, and he's reminding you that he is with you. And when these, these pulls come against us, when we feel like we're losing our rotational place, just remember, for I am persuaded, <laughs> I am thoroughly convinced, you cannot tell me or tempt me otherwise. I am so convinced that neither death, that's pretty big, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. Let's start it over, and I want you to read with me and point to yourself when you read it. For Let's do it right now. For I am persuaded, let's go ahead and come, music team. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. That is a promise beyond anything that we ever will deal with in our life. Nothing is greater than this statement. There is no reason or excuse or explanation we can give for going out of our proper rotation revolving around him. He is the center of it all. And we have to be very honest with ourselves. I have to be. Rhonda, my ministry, it doesn't revolve around my ministry. I may be on this platform, but it doesn't revolve around this platform. Maybe teaching a class, it doesn't revolve around me as a teacher of a class. Everything revolves around you. My finances revolve around you. My family, my home, my health, my emotions, it all revolves around you. When we can truly say that and we can let go of what we thought was ours. Remember that commercial? I can't remember what animal it is, but just going around, I think it's penguins or something going, mine, 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 mine. Mine, 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 mine. There's a lot of Christians that run around saying, mine, 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 mine. And it's just not. It's his, 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 his. This church is his, his, his. My family is his, his. And Satan, when you come to me and you're going to tempt me and you're going to try to trick me and say that I'm getting ready to lose something, it's not mine anyway. It's his, 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 his.
if we can truly submit to God, his word, his ways, everything will change in our life for the better. I promise you, I so promise you that you'll not be disappointed when you truly make every aspect of your life to be around Jesus. See, we know this because we hear it kind of at a very high level. But there's wanting, there's believing, and there's doing. Yeah. We got to do. We've got to put it into his hands. Listen to this. You talk about this cosmic circle dance. It's, it's really just captured in the song that they're getting ready to sing. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be and it's always been you, Jesus. Before we pray, our needs list to the Lord. We just should preface it with saying, Jesus, I'm coming to you because everything in my life revolves around you. And I know you love me so much. You've proven that. And I'm just coming back because you know where I am. See, here today, right now, these altars are open, and I'm asking every one of us that will to come and find a place to pray. Don't do it yet. Hang on just a second. And have this conversation with the Lord. You can do the first couple rows. They're empty, by the way, <laughs> so we could use them. Or you can come here. We don't need people even praying for each other because right now this is, I've got to have a talk with Jesus. And I got to make sure that he knows that everything in my life, my home, my family, my job, Jesus, everything revolves around you. You're the center of it all. And yeah, I get a little teary and I get a little emotional when talking about the Lord, but it's just something he does in my heart. It breaks me. Because I love him so much and I want everybody in here to love him so much. See, this next verse says, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Because Jesus, you're the center. And everything revolves around you. It's such a heartfelt prayer. No matter where we are in our Christian walk, this should be the top of our prayer list today. Jesus, I make you the center of it all. Can we all stand? While they sing this song, if you would please find a place to pray and talk to Jesus for a bit. You don't need anybody else praying it for you. Because this needs to come from your heart. This needs to be you and you and him. Jesus, be the center of it all. Jesus, be the center of it all.